0: The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on October 9, 2011, based on Romans chapter 14, verses 5 through 9. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit stirs us to live and serve our Lord Jesus Christ is the second lesson Romans chapter 14, verses 5 through 9. Please listen again to verse 8. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord says. We hear that refrain again and again throughout the scriptures, especially in the prophets. And as you well know, when God has spoken, that's the final word on the matter. There is no room for debate or discussion or compromise. His word stands as the final authority for our faith and life. And We know what his word is, for the scriptures, the Bible, is the very word of our God. But what about those things that God has not spoken about in detail? You know, those questions of life that he hasn't given us specific answers to, questions like, what should we eat? Or when should we gather for worship? What classes to take in school? What career or job or work to do for life? How much to give in our offering? How many children to have? Where and when to take a vacation? You won't find specific answers to those kinds of questions here in the Scriptures. So, does that mean that we're free to do whatever we please? Well, yes and no. Yes, you are free from any kind of obligation to earn your salvation. You are free from man-made rules that insist you keep them in order to be right with God. You are free from the guilt that drives so many decisions. You are free from the terror of death that overwhelms people's choices. But dear friends, dear fellow Christians, we are not free from that debt to love one another, that debt of love that we talked about last week in Romans 13. And now in in Romans chapter 14, the Apostle Paul expands on that thought. You see, that debt of love that we owe one another, that love doesn't want to do anything that will harm someone's faith in Jesus. Rather, it wants to build up one another in Christ. That's one of the principles Paul explains and and uses examples of in chapter 14 and in the the verses that we are focusing on today, he brings in another principle as well. It's not only the debt of love that we owe one another, but also as we look at the verses before us today, Paul reminds us that even on these things that God hasn't commanded or forbidden, these things that we call adiaphora, that God hasn't given us specific answers to in his word, even on these things, we want to do what we do for the Lord, for His glory. And that brings us to our theme here today. It's all for our Lord. Do all in thanks that honors Him. That's part one. Do all remembering you belong to Him. That's part two. It's all for our Lord. Yes, even in these matters of adiaphora, things that he has not commanded or forbidden, we still do what we do for the Lord, for his glory. Now, as Paul begins chapter 14, he addresses an issue that has caused friction among the Christians in Rome. It doesn't appear to be a major doctrinal controversy that could destroy the faith of many such as when the false teachers in Galatia started teaching that you had to do certain things in order to be saved. But rather, among the Christians in Rome, there was some discussion, maybe even to the level of, 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 a, of a dispute about whether to eat certain kinds of foods, in particular meat or not. It seemed that some felt it was best not to eat meat, maybe, maybe because so much of it was dedicated to idols, or maybe because they still felt reluctant to do it because of the Old Testament dietary laws. Others felt that since all food is a gift from God, that they should be able to freely eat whatever was set before them. Now, as I said, it doesn't appear that either side was saying, you have to do it my way in order to be saved. But it does seem that one side looked on the other side as if they were lesser Christians for not doing it their way. And this, dear friends, is where we need to pause and take inventory of our own heart here. As members of a Bible-based church body, we stand firm on what God's Word says, and, and rightly so. We know that we dare not compromise any truth or doctrine or teaching of the Scriptures. And that firmness, that, that's, that's faith in action, that firmness that stands on God's Word. But it's tempting to, to let that firmness that stands on God's word also spill over into things that God's word really hasn't talked about in detail. On those matters of adiaphora, it, it, it's tempting to let that firmness also be there when it's just a matter of my opinion versus yours. It's tempting to look down as a, on a A fellow Christian because their way of doing it is different than ours, even though God hasn't said which way it should be done. It's tempting to label actions that are different than ours as wrong, even though God's word doesn't say so. It's tempting to dig in our heels and say, why change? That way was good enough for our grandparents, and look at how good they were at being a Christian, so it's good enough for us. And maybe the sad irony in all this is that Often, in our own personal lives, we find it easier to compromise a, a truth of God's word a little bit in order to fit in with the pressures of this world. But when it comes to our own opinions, then we then we won't budge an inch. That's firmness in the wrong place, isn't it? Now, Paul wants us to think about this issue. he addresses it in the specifics of those who were. Uh, having problems with it in Rome. But I think even though we may not have to discuss what kind of foods are good to eat or not as far as religion goes, yet there are plenty of other issues, life questions that we face that God doesn't give specific answers to. Plenty of other issues where we're tempted to insist that my opinion is the right way and the only way, even though God's word hasn't said so. These areas... That We mentioned earlier of adiaphora, what God has not commanded or forbidden. And so to help us see the truth here, Paul, at the beginning of our text here, introduces the example of holding one day more sacred than another. For example, in our modern times, is it better to worship on Easter Sunday than, let's say, on the 17th Sunday after Pentecost? Now, some felt it was best to emphasize certain days while not neglecting their spiritual well-being on the other days, not using it as an excuse to slough off on those other days. Others felt that since every day is a gift of God, each should be equally dedicated to him. And what does Paul say here? He says, One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. See Which side of this matter you feel best about doesn't matter in the end. Because God hasn't spoken on it. What matters, Paul says, is what's in your mind. Be fully convinced when it's on this matter of whether to put one day as a special emphasis or not. Be fully convinced that what you are doing, you are doing for the Lord, for his glory and honor, and that it is the best way for you to give him that honor and thanks. But at the same time, since this is not something the Lord has given us a direct answer to, realize that a fellow Christian may come to an answer that is different than yours, because that is the best way for him or her to honor their Lord and give him thanks and glory. Paul says that's the way it is for whether you hold a day more sacred or not, and so in the same way, whether you choose to eat certain foods or not, be convinced that what you are doing, you are doing to the honor of your Lord. And so also in whatever issues you and I may face that God has not spoken on with specific answers, if he hasn't spoken, then there must not be one right way. And so be fully convinced that what you are doing you are doing for his glory and that this is the best way for you personally and yet at the same time recognizing that your fellow Christian may have a different way that equally honors the Lord and works best for them. For you see, it's for the Lord that we live. It is for the Lord and his glory as our theme reminds us here. And that's what Paul brings out as he says here, he who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord for he gives thanks to God and he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. Yes, dear friends, in all that you do, do it in thanks that gives honor to Him. It's all for our Lord. Now, a couple other points we Need to cover here as we talk about honoring our Lord in all that we do. We don't want this to end up being someone's way of arguing that, oh, I can do what I please because, you know, I'm I'm trying to honor Him in my heart. No. When the Lord, when we talk about honoring our Lord, that certainly includes taking seriously what He does say in His Word, doesn't it? How can we honor Him if we disregard what He says in His Word? And even on these issues of Adiaphora that he has not given us specific answers on, he often gives us guidance and gives us principles that that apply in one way or another and wants us to search his word for guidance and direction so that we put his principles into practice as we honor him in our choices and decisions. For example, let's think about some of those things I mentioned earlier. The Lord does not tell us how many children to have. But his word does speak very highly that children are a wonderful gift from God. Now, if we are honoring our Lord in our choices and decisions, we will certainly take that principle into consideration as we decide that question. Another example. The Lord does not tell us how much to give in our offering, whether a percentage or a a dollar amount but his word does teach us how richly he has blessed us and that he promises to take care of our needs and those principles certainly affect our giving when we are honoring our lord and what he says in his word same thing with the what career what work to do in life the lord doesn't tell us in detail there but he does remind us that everything or all of our abilities are a gift from him and that as we use our abilities, we use them for His glory, not our own. Even in retirement, what we do, we do for His glory. And finally, on the matter of whether one day is more sacred than another, here again, the Lord doesn't tell us how we should think about it, but rather He does tell us that we should continually hold His word in our hearts with devotion and regard and that we should regularly gather to worship Him in public so that all can know how important our Lord is, that He is more important than anyone or anything else in our lives. And so, dear friends, don't forget His Word. Be dedicated to His Word, be devoted to His Word as you give Him thanks, honoring Him in all that you do. That's what it means to do it for your Lord. And the other point to cover under part one here is is that we do it to his honor when we do it prayerfully. Come before him in prayer and plead for his help and guidance as we face the choices and decisions in life. Plead for him to guide us through these scriptures. Plead and implore him to give you the strength and the courage to do what is best that brings him the most honor. And then also, After the fact, continue to pray, giving Him thanks for the blessings that He channels to us as we live our lives to His honor and glory, giving Him thanks and praise. Yes, kneeling in prayer, do all in thanks that honors Him. For you see, it's all for our Lord. But now, why? Why do we do it all for our Lord? Well, remember, to whom you belong and why you belong to him. And that brings us to the second part here. And Paul writes, For none of us lives to himself alone and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Why squabble over things that our Lord has not laid out in detail for us? We belong to Him. He holds life and death in in His hands. Why look down on a fellow Christian who has a different opinion on a matter of adiaphora that the Lord hasn't spoken on? We all belong to the same Lord when we follow Him through faith in Christ. And look at what our Lord has done for us. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life he died to redeem you he died to ransom you at the price of his blood he died to purchase you to be his very own and and he returned to life he rose from the dead he is your living lord and as your living lord he has brought you to know him through his word and sacraments as your living lord he brings you to trust him as you hear and believe the gospel that good news Christ has died, Christ has risen, you are forgiven by grace alone, only through faith in Christ alone, and how this good news changes you and me, for you see, you belong to the Lord, not even death can separate you from him, for he is Lord of both the dead and the living, he reigns from eternity to eternity. You belong to Him. And what a blessed remembrance He gives to us as He brings us His body and blood in the Lord's Supper, the very price He paid to purchase you. Yes, dear Christian, you belong to the Lord. Now, since you and I belong to Him, why would we ever want to go against what our Lord says? When his word has spoken on the matter, as we've said before, that's the end of the matter. But if he has not spoken on it, why would we want to elevate our opinion on the matter as if it were something the Lord had spoken on? As we remember that we belong to him and that our fellow Christian who is following him in faith also belongs to him, we realize that if the Lord has not spoken on a matter, then there may well be differences of opinion, different ways to serve him. Because if there was only one right answer, the Lord would have told us. And if he has not spoken, then whatever way he leads us to think is best to honor him, that's the way we follow for us. And someone else may choose a different way in those matters. But we recognize that we belong to the Lord. We don't belong to what my own opinion might say. We belong to the Lord, for you have been bought at a price. You are not your own. Do all that you do, remembering to whom you belong. In everything, it's all for our Lord. And so as we wrap up here today, remember what we talked about at first, When our Lord has spoken on a matter, then we stand firm, even when the world labels us as intolerant, unloving, arrogant, or unenlightened. But in these matters of adiaphora, where he hasn't commanded or forbidden, then we put into practice the principles that he lays out in his word here. Search the scriptures for the guidance and the courage and the strength to Reach a decision that will bring him the most glory. Take it to him in prayer. Remember the debt of love that we owe one another and keep on paying it. Don't do anything that will harm the faith of a fellow Christian. And also remember what we have been talking about here this morning, this principle that we do it all for our Lord. Do it all in thanks that honors him. Do it all. Remembering you belong to him. It's all for our Lord. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.